Second Kings chapter 5, we are in the healing of the commander of the Syrian forces, a fellow by the name of Naaman, and we finally have gotten to the commander Naaman. And along the route, we've met four people whose lives and actions have brought up questions for us as Christians, how we interface with other people. And I believe in the lives and actions of each one of these people, there's a message for us from God. See, God's, uh, God's, uh, um, God's uh, uh, people, God. And just as God used these people uh, to proclaim his love and grace to Naaman, I believe that God wants to use you to proclaim his love and grace to others. You know, we talked about that during Sunday school. I mean, who says that God can't use you in a dramatic, holy, unexpected way to reach others for Christ? It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter whether you're young or old. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, the Bible says children shall lead them. Well, I'm told, no, you're not. I, Moses didn't start till he was 80. Look at Abraham. He didn't have his first child till he was almost 100. So you're never too old and you're not too young. And so we're learning and today we finally got to the commander Naaman. And in 2 Kings chapter 5, I am going to read verse 9. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha is the prophet that the servant girl told Naaman's wife about. Now the Bible doesn't give us much of the story, so I want you to bear with me for a moment because I want to give you the revised children's version of what could have happened there with Naaman getting finally to the house of Elisha. So the servant girl go tell Naaman's wife. And Naaman's wife comes and tells Naaman. Now, the Bible says that Naaman was a great and honorable man, man of valor. And so Naaman's wife tells him, and so Naaman goes and says, uh, King uh, Ben-Hadab, that was the name of the king of Syria. Um, there was this uh, servant girl that um, we took on a raid in uh, Israel. And she told my wife, who told me, that there's a prophet in Samaria who could heal me. Now, you know, King, I'd, I'd kind of like to go over and try that out. Well, King Behadab right away said, Naaman, whatever you want, I'll send you letters and you can go. And so Naaman goes. Now, he took with him, uh, if, you, if you read up where it says he took with him in, in verse 6, he took with him 10 talents of silver. Uh, a few years ago, that would have been worth about $165,000. And he took shekels, 6,000 shekels of gold, and that would have been worth about $68,000. So he took about a quarter of a million dollars with him. Plus, he took 10 changes of clothing. I know he took a servant, but being the commander, I'm sure he had a, some guards with him. And so I can see him riding into the country of Israel. 
and coming up to the palace, and he probably had a white flag, now just bear with me, and he tells the chief of staff of the palace, he tells the chief of staff of the palace, I've got a letter for your king. So the chief servant of the king of Israel goes to the king of Israel and says, um, Naaman, the commander of the Syrian army, is out front. And he's given me a letter to give you. And so the king of Israel opens the letter up. And he says, here's what King Ben-Hadab had written to him. Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my sermon, servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. What? Come on. This is a trick. I, I can't heal anybody. I mean, and so Naaman's probably standing outside. And then the Bible says that the prophet hears that and says, send him to me. And we don't know what kind of house Elisha had. He might have had a double wide. He might have had a Quonset hut. We don't know. And in verse, it says, Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Boom. Never met the man. He's getting there. And I am sure that the soldiers of Israel were on high alert. Because, I mean, the commander of the Syrian army, although he's under a white flag, he's here with, he's here in our country. And I bet you they were on high alert. And he's standing there. And so today's question is this. Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone to receive what God has for you? See, Naaman was out of his comfort zone. Yes, in the eyes of his king, he was a great and honorable man, and he was a mighty man of valor, and he was facing, but he was facing his king on the say-so of a servant girl that he had taken in a raid. And he was going to into enemy territory, and I don't believe he had a, I don't believe he had a company of soldiers, he, not as the commander of the Syrian army, but to ask the king of a country that was his enemy for a favor for himself. And he's, then he stands out in front of Elisha's house and he's putting his health and possibly his life in the hands of somebody he's never met. And it's easy to say, yeah, well, he was a man of valor, you know. It, no, no, hey, listen, I've seen big, strong Marines who've been in combat. And a little bitty spider crawl out of her mouth and, ah, and, you know, I'll be truthful with you. Fifty-some years ago when I was playing in nightclubs, and one night, this good-looking, 110 pounds, hair down the middle of her back, green-eyed chick walks in and sits down, and I'll be truthful with you. I thought, man, I'm out of my league. There's just no, but I wasn't, a, I was out of my comfort zone, but I wasn't about to let her know that. And so I walked over to the edge of the, the stage and I said, hey babe, can I play you a song? I wasn't, a, but I was out of my comfort zone. 
You know the song she chose? I didn't know God made honky-tonk angels. Now how's that for funny? But see, he was out of, Naaman was out of his comfort zone. And the question is, are you willing to get out of your comfort zone to receive what God has for you? When we are not willing to get out of our comfort zone or we won't, three things happen in our life. Three things. Number one, we miss the voice of God. Now, when that girl, servant girl spoke to Naaman's wife, there really were two voices there. Let me explain. If she would have said to Naaman's wife, well, gee, I hope that Naaman gets better. That would have been the voice of a servant girl who was concerned about health. But when she said, if your husband, my master, knew of the prophet in Samaria, he could heal him of his leprosy, that not only was the servant girl speaking, but there was a message from God in that voice. There was a message from God. Amen. See? Many times we just speak to people, but there's other times when we speak and it's a second voice, it's a message from God. And Naaman could have said, the moment he heard this, I don't take advice from a servant girl, especially about my health. He could have said, I'm not going before the king, before my king on the say-so of a servant girl that I've taken in a raid. It might be a trap. He could have said, nah, no way. We've tried every physician we know of. Never been healed. I'm not going to stand before some foreign king and ask him that I've been an enemy of and ask him to, to, for a favor for myself and then go stand outside the house of somebody that I've never met and ask him to heal me. See, if Naaman would have been unwilling to get out of his comfort zone, And listen, he would have missed the voice of God and he may have never been healed. Now, God speaks to us in many ways. Sometimes he speaks to us in dreams and visions. Sometimes the dreams we have are because of what we ate the night before. But there you go again. Sometimes he speaks to us in dreams or visions. Sometimes it's in prophecy. Sometimes it's in teaching and, and preaching of the word of God. Sometimes it's as we read scriptures, maybe in our, our daily devotion or as we're reading. But you want to be careful there. I, I heard the story of a lady who every day would, would, she'd get up in the morning and she'd close her Bible and she'd go. And that's the scripture she would take for the day. And one day she did that and it said, and Judas went out and hung himself. And she said, oh well, the devil's shimmel. So she closed it and she went like this again. And her finger landed on the scripture that said, Go thou and do likewise. And she quit doing that. But sometimes he can speak to us as we're reading. I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me. Sometimes he'll speak to us through mature Christians. But more often than not, the Lord will speak to us through the Holy Spirit that resides inside of us. Before we were a Christian, 
We called it a hunch, woman's intuition, experience. But when we're born again, see, understand something. Man is a spirit being who has a soul, a mind, a will, and an intellect who lives in a body. Understand that. And if you like some time, I'll teach on that. And so the Holy Spirit resides in our spirit, our spirit man. And he'll speak to us. He'll impress us. He'll tell us. Well, how do I judge what's from God? Number one, real quick, it'll always, when, it'll always bring peace. Someone comes up to you and tells you something's from God and it doesn't bring peace. No. Jesus was the Prince of Peace. It'll always bring peace. It will always be in line with the Word of God. God never contradicts His Word. That's why it's important as Christians we learn the Word of God. If it's prophecy, it will be about something either you've been praying about or God's spoken to you about before. But the first thing is this. When we're not willing to get out of our comfort zone, we can miss the voice of God. Secondly, if we're not willing to get out of the our comfort zone, we miss the blessings of the Lord, of God. We miss the blessings of God. If Naaman would not have got out of his comfort zone, he would have never gone to his king, King Ben-Hadab, and asked him for permission to go over to Israel. And he would have never stood before the king of Israel and asked him permission to go see Elisha. And he would have never stood before Elisha, and he would have never dipped in the river Jordan. And he would have missed out on the blessing of the Lord, which in his case was healing. God wants you and I to be a blessed person. Nobody, listen, nobody wants to serve an angry God, an angry, stingy God. I don't. And yet some people portray God as this long-haired, bearded, white-robed, irascible being who looks over the parapets of heaven and the moment he sees us having fun, he says, cut that out or I'm going to get you. No! That's not God. For God so loved, he gave. God wants us to be blessed and God's intent for us is that we partakers of his blessings. And those blessings are good and not evil. Turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 17. If you're here this morning, say amen. Amen. Okay, I just wanted to make sure everybody was breathing. James 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of heavens, in whom there is no variation or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. Good news translation. Every good gift and every perfect present comes from heaven. It comes down from God, the creator of the heavenly lights, who does not change or cause darkness by changing. 
If something comes into your life, it's not from God. The Bible tells us right here, only good and perfect things come from God. And it says, who does not change. God doesn't wake up one morning and say, I'm having a bad hair day. Don, I think I'm going to cause havoc in your life. He doesn't do that. Only good and perfect gift comes from God. Do bad things happen to good people? Yes, it does. But understand, it's not brought on by God. Well, what about when God corrects us? Let me take a detour here for a minute. Go to 2 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy. I know, I know. That one isn't quite broken in yet. Okay. In the New Testament... Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I'm taking a detour from my message. In the New Testament, under the New Covenant, this verse of Scripture is the only place where God describes how He corrects us and deals with us. Listen to this. All Scripture... Say all scripture, would you please? All is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Would you please say profitable? That means, in other words, it's for my benefit. It's not red, negative. It's profitable for doctrine, in other words, what we believe. For reproof, for correction, for training and discipline in right living that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped this is the only place under the New Testament do bad things happen to good people yes they do but it's not from God well brother the Bible says count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations yes it does but it doesn't say they're from God let me go on Jeremiah 29.11 When we, when we um, don't get out of our comfort zone we miss out on the blessings of God. And every good and perfect gift comes from the heavens, from God who does not change. Jeremiah 29.11 I know the plans I have for you. Plans of good and not evil. Notice that. Good and not evil. To bring you a future and a hope. Go to Matthew 7. Go to Matthew 7, please. Matthew 7, starting in verse 8. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? When God speaks to us, and it requires us to leave our comfort zone. It's because he has something good for us in store. And we can't get it or receive it where we're at. If we could get the things of God where we're at and never have to get out of our comfort zone, we wouldn't need God. We'd reach a point where we'd say, oh, I can get this on my own. I don't need God. You know what that's called? It's called self-righteousness. Look what I did. When God speaks to us, it doesn't matter what it's about. It might be about a ministry of helps. It might be about going speak to a neighbor. It might be going speak to somebody we don't like. It might mean praying. It could mean any number of things. And we, it requires us to leave our comfort zone. It's because he's got something good in store for us. And we can't receive it where we are. And so when we refuse to leave our comfort zone, we miss out on the voice of God. We miss out on the blessings of God. And finally, when we won't get out of our comfort zone, others miss out on the blessings of the Lord. See, God doesn't bless us with all his benefits and blessings so that we can hoard them. He doesn't do that. God is a giving God. And he expects us to pass on to others the benefits and the blessings so that others will know and experience the goodness of the Lord. I mean, how are they going to know if somebody doesn't tell them? Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, would you? Second Corinthians chapter 9. Starting in verse 8. I'm going to read verse 8 from the Amplified. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. So that you may always and under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. Being being completely sufficient in Him. Notice that. God wants us to be independent, but He wants us to be dependent on Him in our independence. He wants us to be independent from the world, but to be dependent upon Him. His, our independence doesn't bother God. It's when we have a lack of dependency on Him that it bothers Him sufficiency in everything being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and every act of charity the new living translation says it this way and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others Ooh. see when we won't get out of our comfort zone and let God bless us. Others miss out. Look at, he goes down in verse 11 and says this. He who gives the seed to the sower and turns that seed into bread to eat will give you the seed of generosity to sow and for harvest the satisfying bread of good deeds well done. 
The more you are enriched by God, the more scope there will be for generous giving. And your gifts administered will mean that many will thank God. Many will thank God. The, the Living Bible says it this way. Yes, God will give you so much that you can give away much. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will break out into thanksgiving and praise to God for your help. See, when we fail to... Listen, we're not an island. We're not an island. What we do in our relationship to God affects others. There is a law of divine reciprocity. You give from a right heart, God gives in return. That goes all the way back to Genesis 8.22. As long as the earth remains. Summer and winter, spring and fall. Tell me, farmer, seed time and harvest. What you sow out of your mouth, that's what you're going to reap. What you sow by what you do, that's the way you're going to act. You plant a seed, the ground yields a harvest. That's a reciprocal relationship. And the ground will only give back what you've planted it. And that is, listen, that's why God set up the tithes and offerings. I know a lot of pastors preach condemnation on tithes and offerings. But that's not why God set that up. You know why he set that up? So you could be blessed. When you give, you open the door so God can be blessed. Given it shall be given unto you. God wants us blessed. Look what happened to Naaman. Naaman got out of his comfort zone. Go back to Kings chapter 5. Next week I've got one more question I want to ask of Naaman. I don't have time today and then we'll close out this series. But Naaman goes, dips in the river and he gets healed and so on and so forth. But we're talking about sowing and reaping. Listen. Now remember, Naaman got out of his comfort zone. Look what Naaman says after he was healed. And Naaman returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. And Naaman said, Indeed, I now know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Guess what? He was going to go home and tell the people of Syria. But that's not enough. Look at verse 17. For your servant. Well, verse 17. So Naaman said, Then if not, if you won't take any gifts from me, let your servant be given two mule loads of earth. For your servant will no longer offer either burnt offerings or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. You talk about a conversion. Wow! Why? How many people in Syria do you think, because he was so elevated and such a man in such a um, visible and had such a good reputation, how many people you think were affected by that? Matter of fact, if you read on a little farther, he goes, and yet in this next thing, may the Lord 
may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the temple of Remon to worship there and he leans on my hand and I bow down in the temple of Remon. When I bow down in the temple, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. In other words, I'm bowing down because I'm holding up my master. I'm not bowing down because that's another God. I'm not doing it. You don't think Naaman's life changed it, did? When we won't get out of our comfort zone, we miss the voice of God, we miss the blessing of God, and we cause others to miss out on the blessings of the Lord. Let me close with this question. Are you ready this morning to get out of your comfort zone? for what God has for you. And I'll tell you what, it, eye has not seen and neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has for you, for those that love him. I would have never in my whole life, when we came to know the Lord in that little bitty church in Golden, Colorado, and we were cleaning out toilets and, and uh, the nursery and wiping down tews. I would have never in my life imagined where God would send us and what he would do. Are you ready to get out of your comfort zone and just say, God, okay, let's pray. Lord, you know, your word is just it's just so wonderful. Wow. And Lord, this morning for everyone here, young old, teenager, male, female, physically mature, we can say old age, it doesn't matter. But God, you've got something. You're not done. If we've got breath in our body, you're not done with us. You're not done. Lord, let us this morning just say, Lord, I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone. What do you have? And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Gary, you want to lead us in that last song?